Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, episode 34, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen, and joining me today is your co-host, John. How's things today, John? I'm joining you today, Hibiscus. Hibiscus. How are you, man? I'm good. Just good? Uh, yeah, the weather here is amazing. It's so beautiful. My windows really? are open full, heaters off. What? Yeah, I didn't even worry. I went to the, I got up pretty early this morning. A stupid really bothers me when VCs um, miss their their calls with you. It happens all the time, right? It happens all the time, and it's so rude. If you're a VC, blowing missing calls with founders is almost as bad as telling founders no. It's worse, I think, because it's like they don't value your time. Yeah, very annoying, uh, and it's especially annoying when they do it multiple times. Now, I'm not the best best person at like being on time for my meetings so i'm not gonna um pontificate like i'm any better necessarily but um you're the one with the millions of dollars so come on now rich people (coughs) i went to the apple store this morning because um my macbook is just like it's just been a disaster since i got it so tiny one um yeah so yesterday or the day before maybe i'll post a video in the slack it like it's crazy, man. Like the things it does make no sense. What like, does it do? Sometimes, sometimes some of the keys don't work. Sometimes you what? open the lid from sleep and it doesn't turn on. Sometimes you plug in any random power adapter that you have around your house, and I have like five of my MacBook power adapters around my house. It randomly just don't. I've had that too. Actually, charge the it's Mac weird. like it doesn't charge. Um, and then yesterday or two days t- two days ago, I opened it. On Monday, and the screen like lit up, like the backlight turned mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Nothing, like couldn't do anything. Really? What? Couldn't power it off. Couldn't power it on. Couldn't like reboot it. Couldn't for like, and that was it. Was it sat like that all day, and then randomly at the end of the day, I opened the lid, and it like the light, the like it loaded the um login screen. Weird. I've had I've had wake up issues with mine too. Sometimes I have to like hold the power button for an extremely long time just to get it to like turn off and reboot from scratch. It's terrible. Well, it's weird because I was hoping that they would just switch it out, um, right? Because they used to do that, but then he said they're actually not doing that anymore. They they're sending them away again. Oh, really? That's a shame. Yeah, there used to be yeah, no so questions asked. No, if it was a hardware thing and it was in within warranty, it was usually a switch out. Um, but they're I said he said they we stopped doing that. Like five or six months ago, oh, and uh, you have yeah, we have to mail them in now, and it's um, a week and a half to get so it back. So, what are you supposed to do if that's your only computer? That's insane. Yeah, it's it's back to the old days, you know. It's like how it used to be. Bizarre. I always like that. What's, what's the what's the weather like in uh, Amsterdam? It's freezing here, but I have to say the internet's getting me down, man. It's it's overwhelming. I don't know about you. Why? Just Why? every day, man. Every day it's something new. I'm burning out on Twitter, I think, because of the uh, the elections. It's crazy. It's just getting me down. Oh, I think everybody is just like... How can this get worse? Oh, wait, it's only Wednesday. Well... <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Just getting bummed out about the world every day. Well, okay. That's deep. First and foremost, everyone needs to keep their spirits up. And it was so weird. My, um delivery driver came by the other day and i was talking and uh and i was like oh it's a really nice day to do deliveries um and they were like yeah it's really warm out and i was like oh well i mean that's cool but also not good and uh they were like yeah it's bad uh and probably the world's gonna explode in a burning um (laughs) tire heap but you know we just have to like at some point just go like well if we're living every day in like dissatisfaction and unhappiness, we need to commit to trying to not make it that way anymore. Uh, That's very so, true. I don't know. I guess I like people. I think I don't. I don't like people in the U.S. right now are really confused because everyone's like, "Wow, like this guy's really doing what he said he was going to do," and like. Things are happening and stuff. And uh, 
I'm not sure why anyone's surprised about that. The world's changing, um, and it's not like oh, it is. But we went through a very calm it's like, period. It's like shift. No, we're not in a con- like we're no, we we're were, in a, we were. We're in, yeah. Brooke and I were talking about it the other day. We're in like basically two decades of of real calm, right? Yeah. And now we're gonna head into probably ten or fifteen years of rapid, rapid disintegration deterioration and rebuilding of various different things Woo-hoo. and some people will like that and some people won't and i bet a lot of people will start trying to move around and move to different places and i think we'll see a slightly different world when we come out on the other end um yeah and you know it but will be interesting it. Be- it will be interesting because it's almost like and like this is just super esoteric kind of thinking but it's almost like you can imagine a world where we really like, you know, the the, st- the state's model almost like was an interesting idea. And just like generally, if you think about stuff in the like world generally in the IRL, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more people moving into communities and like communities of like-minded people getting bigger and people moving their families to places and like, and then the internet becoming a much more um, ubiquitous tool for general social interaction. And maybe people will travel a little bit less and like, well, that's what VR's for, right? That was just a random thought. I just had that was but, super random, but I love it. Great way to get right into the podcast. This week. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just my hashtag mood. Oh, but anyway, one more thing. I was at yeah. the Apple store and um, I was thinking about, I think I've lost my, um, master dynamic headphones. I can't find really? them anywhere. Oh, that's I nice. don't think they're at Laura's parents' house. So I think I've lost them. Well, I actually did hate come grow to hate them in the end. So, um, even though they looked good and they looked good, um, <laughs> they didn't function well. They weren't particularly well constructed, even though they looked like they were well constructed Right, right. and they sounded the terrible. Illusion so, of quality. I was thinking about getting new headphones. I was going to oh, get, yeah, I was going to get some of those, uh, AirPods. But AirPods. you said, ask me on the podcast. Oh, mate, you want to get into that right now? <laughs> May as well. Well, it depends what you value, right? I think that's my opinion. I tried the AirPods. I don't know if we've talked since then. I got them. I had them for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read the, you, you got angry about it on the internet. Someone told me. Yeah, I, I was just a little disappointed. So, you know, there's been all that chat about how, oh, they fall out of your ears. Totally overblown. I'm sure if you don't have the right sized ears, whatever, they'll fall out. But straight up, it's not an issue at all if they fit your ears. Like, it's just, it's it's not a thing. But, like, everything about them is very Apple and it is the first Apple product in years that just works. I love it. But... The fundamental oversight of not being able to change the volume or skip songs absolutely killed it for me. Most of the time that I'm wearing headphones, I don't have my hands available. And so I'd be biking can somewhere. Talk to or it? Yeah, if you can double tap and invoke Siri. But the microphones and the AirPods are so bad that it mishears you constantly. I'd ask it to change the volume in my most American accent, by the way, because I'm used to uh, Siri failing. Right. And it would be like, okay, calling your mom. <laughs> the microphone's no, don't just. call my mom. Yeah. And then you have to pull your phone out of your pocket desperately to stop it. Like, Siri is just not up to the task right now. Siri's terrible. It's I can't really terrible. believe. When I think of. I got to get an Alexa. I think I'm just going to go get one. I'll go try and buy one today, Google maybe. Because there, yeah, no, Alexa, but. Google Home. Look, you run a Google Home, I'll run an Alexa, and then we'll and have I'll tell you how great Google Home to is. talk about on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I was like, I can't remember what I asked Siri last night, but it should have been a really basic question. And it was definitely something that Alexa could have Googled and answered. Or like yeah. Wolfman Alpha or whatever it uses. And Siri was like, let me Google that for you. And then you have to unlock your phone. What? And then in the window, it just shows you your Google results anyway. Yeah, pointless. And, like, and at this point, I'm like, I may as well have just actually unlocked my phone and Googled it. Yeah. And with with the AirPods, it just becomes bleedingly obvious that it's useless. If Apple had just like added more customization for gestures, triple tap to skip a song or like 
gesture on the side up and down to change the volume fine it would have been great but this this iteration is a no-go for me at all if I, I, I you that. are a senior person who works at apple charge tech podcast is for sale uh <laughs> you hit 25 million dollars us Product for owen and john plus yep. uh what salary do you want a bajillion one bajillion dollars no. bajillion no. with a j oh no i know one dollar salary but uh 1.5 million apple shares, shares. yeah yep. at 1.5 million apple shares great and then you should make us head of airpods all projects <laughs> we clearly have enough opinions of all the projects <laughs> look john here's the thing airpods great concept I really, I really like them, and I really wanted to like them. I really think that Generation 2 is going to be awesome, and maybe I'll come back then. But right now, it's just you're really buying to beta test these things, and I really, really cannot wholeheartedly recommend them until either Siri gets better or the AirPods get better. It's mutually okay. exclusive. <laughs> so here's the deal, then. I'm going to... Oh, one more question. Do you know if the Beats Studio Wireless... Not the Beats Solo 3, but the Beats Studio oh, Wireless... They're not good. <laughs> Well, okay. Wait, what? Well, you miss out on all the benefits of the W1 chip, the range, so that's the what I was connectivity. Just the, the Beat Studio wireless over-ear matte black, nice nice cans one, like the actual good ones, doesn't have the good connectivity tech in it yet, right? Correct. You should the only wait. ones that have the good connectivity tech in it right now the is Solo. the Beat Solo 3. But okay. they're crazy expensive. <laughs> they're, they're 300 bucks. Yeah. For beats. But if the Solo 3 was the same caliber of like um, cones and like cans as the Studio Wireless, because they sound yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, but they're not, right? No. Well, the Solo is supposed to be the high-end one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would wait for the W1 just because it, re- it is a really nice experience. And that's why I like the AirPods so much. It's like you don't dick around with Bluetooth ever. <laughs> It's awesome. Write write in and tell us what you like for your over ear headphones. And if you happen to be an over ear headphone manufacturer, you can send Owen and I have headphones and we'll review them on the podcast. And it's money. But yeah, I'm troll. I'm like hardcore thirsty today. Okay, let me get Brands. this over the way over over with. Okay. Okay. I I actually almost don't want to do it because I'm scared if I open it back up again, Audacity will crash. Yeah, Brooke McKim. Hi, John. How are you? Good. It's I'm on my podcast with Owen. Oh, hi, Owen. Hello. Um, so we do this thing on our podcast where I randomly call someone in our address book, uh, in my address book. Maybe we'll do Owen's address book one day and ask <laughs> a question <laughs> that you have to answer in less than two minutes about something related to what you do. But first, you have to say who you are and what you do and how you know me. Sure. Um, so my name is Brooke Kim. I'm a product manager at a uh, public cloud company called DigitalOcean. And that's I've heard of and I met um, about three years ago, I think. And I've been with the company almost four. Well, I've been doing Stay for a year, and I think I worked there for that long. So I think it's been maybe longer than that. But anyway. Okay. Brooke. Um. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting about DigitalOcean versus all of the other cloud providers is that DigitalOcean does a very good job of understanding developer communities and kind of like, you know, I don't know a a software developer from John Rezik to Alex Sexton to Paul Irish that doesn't at least run a DigitalOcean droplet. So that I feel like DigitalOcean is very connected to like developers and developer community. So never mind cloud, cloud aside and like the deploy world, what do you think kind of the next phase of software developer, like the, the Flatiron School software developers that we saw four or five years ago starting, what does the next wave of that type of software developer look like? Sure. Um, so I think it's two separate things. And the first one that comes to mind, which we're seeing more and more of, is the data scientist. Um, not only is that profession uh, gaining a lot of momentum, but it's also becoming much more complicated and you're having to write much more complex software. And it's just kind of like a, a thing people are taking classes for. So 
that are becoming interested in learning Python and going down that direction. And we're seeing more and more of that at DigitalOcean, and um, they're usually proving to be pretty pretty savvy people. Um, can learn Linux fairly quickly. Can learn different uh, concepts in Python fairly quickly. Totally. Um, just because they have a very analytical background, and it sets them up for success there. But I think the second piece is kind of what you mentioned with the, the flat iron school people. I think that's still going. I think we're going to move more and more up the stack, and people are going to learn to write scripts to program their their home devices like. Alexa, like Google Home and things like that, where it's now they have this device in their home and they can read a tutorial online and they can make a script that maybe calls out the Facebook API and lets their friends and helps them send a message or something or reminds them when it's someone's birthday. And they can start to see how they can use programming in their daily lives. Um, so generally, the, the amount of software developers is going to continue to grow, but also the difference between the most basic software developer and the most advanced software developer is going to get even larger. So whatever, cool. whatever that ends up meaning. That's pretty cool. Specialized specialists. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for your time, Brooke. Thanks, Charge Podcast. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, breaking news. Yeah. Twitter is rolling out the Explore tab again <laughs> oh nice so they're releasing a 2006 actually, feature all over again i've been again. waiting for that feature so what i'm happy the, that that one's coming again? and so that's going to be the um that's going to be the explore tab correct yeah so trending topics wow. that's it awesome thrilling i've been, yeah the 2006 I, I really, playbook I can now I can check that off my list of things that I was excited were going to hopefully happen in 2017 was that uh, uh, Twitter might reintroduce a feature that they've introduced before three times um, or so, four times three times really really classic so, sorry if and, you work for Twitter anybody mm, oh, so, Twitter you're such a it's like it's like Twitter doesn't know how to change gear like they're revving the car but it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty so much mean. it. They just yeah, like anyway. try to change the. It's like they change different fuels, but they yeah yeah they, like hundred octane. This is going to get us yeah, there real fast, yeah, and all they do yeah. is put their foot to the floor, but don't put it in drive. <laughs> it's still in neutral. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so oh, let's talk today. about something else that sucks. <laughs> um, have you heard of this Google AMP thing? Accelerated mobile pages. You've probably seen it at least. Yeah, I know a little bit about it. I think it's the. Um, thing that is supposed to be, uh, you just like click it into your app and it, and you get like free, super fast loading from Google's like super yeah, smart from code. CDN for their yeah. website. Yeah. So if you're a news publisher, it's like a new thing that you can click into your WordPress or whatever and publishes a super fast loading page. There's heaps of rules around it. It's very specific about how it works. But dude, have so, you noticed that like wait, it's not always more, the best? Well, what? can I ask one more technical question about it? I don't know yes. that much about it. And maybe I don't okay. know if you know about it. I'll tell you some more technical so, things. Well, okay, so let's say so yeah, I've got my I've got, you know, John's cool WordPress blog dot coffee and I go and I'm just like regular like WordPress blog software developer type front end right. person. Um and like I know how to build uh, see, uh, WordPress skins. So, like, is it literally as simple as I just install a plugin in my WordPress blog, and then literally Google just starts like reading the yep page and like caching so it somehow? Behind the scenes, it's actually a similar thing. There's a there's a concept called Facebook Instant Articles, which is their version of this. And the, the way it works is basically it's a plugin. Every time you publish a post, it actually spits out a separate version of the post in a specific format that Google designed. And basically that version of HTML will exclude all JavaScript, which is huge. Like JavaScript is generally the thing on new sites that makes it load slow. It has very restrictive CSS and only certain types of ads can load. So basically it's like Google, it's Google's format that forces publishers to not make shit websites because they can't do it themselves. And um, the so the biggest thing about this whole thing is 
Google basically said, if you use this format, we will show your results higher than anything else on Google. And so you've probably seen, everybody listening's probably seen it. In results, you'll see like a little lightning bolt or like a mobile icon. That's what that means? Yeah, that's what it means. And that means you're loading a Google AMP page. And you'll notice if you click it, it's instant. Like it is as good as they say. But goddamn, they're annoying sometimes. Like I'm going to try this. They just they just don't work properly. Sometimes Trump. they don't load properly. Uh, they're not styled properly. Sometimes fonts aren't the right colors. You don't get the right experience. And the worst part is there's no way to get out of it. So, you know, like when a site doesn't load properly on your phone and you just go like re- request desktop site or whatever it is, you can't do that with Google AMP. You're stuck with it. And so you have to like manually edit the URL to get back to the actual site. It's crazy. Holy holy cow. It's nice though. Oh, it's fast. But then when you get- I just, a- I, just I did, so it's so, I thank, A, thank you for explaining that to me because <laughs> I noticed I know on too my much phone about it. on Chrome- when I searched for things, there was this thing with a lightning bolt called AMP. You know what I literally thought? I thought what? that meant it was trending on Google News. I thought it was AMP. Oh, really? No. Yeah, I was like, lightning bolt plus AMP? I'm like, oh, that means that it's like trending. Wow. I no, literally am, and I should probably never talk about technology on this podcast <laughs> ever again. No, but it is convoluted, and I think it's intentionally convoluted because Google doesn't want you to know that. Right? Like, it's... Yeah. I like how the anyway, ads barely load, though. Yeah, totally. But anyway, what I'm saying is it's a bad experience. And, you know, like HTML has that fundamentally built in, but publishers just can't make good websites. <laughs> you know what it actually is really weird? So basically you go to it and so you go on. I just I just Google searched in Chrome on my iPhone, Trump executive yes. orders, and then you have oh, yeah. Trump top stories, right? So then you've got the AMP thing and you can scroll through that top little AMP tab, right? Mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. click on the top, the first one, it actually is like almost an in-app experience. You just like scroll right, right <clears throat> and yet you're scrolling through all the mm-hmm. different publications, articles about that one thing. It's kind of good. It's, it's really cool, but it also totally but devalues them. <laughs> isn't there something too that it like people don't like it because it's like send it you're not getting it from the content provider you're getting it yeah from google it's a cdn it's google owned they can do whatever they want with it basically i don't know i just think i just wanted to talk about it because it's a shame for the web i think i don't know like html is fundamentally perfect for this and the only reason this exists is because google wants to own it and because publishers are bad you know like locking content and like this is a real shame because the web is like a whole platform for expressing yourself and all this kind of thing. But with this, it locks you into a very specific set of parameters that you can use. And so eventually new sites all start looking the same, basically. And then you have this whole thing of how I was saying you can't escape the AMP page if something goes wrong. It's just awful. The idea is noble, but I love all these ward gardens we're getting. It's really (laughs) fast though. It is really fast because it uses Google's CDN. It's the only way you can use Google's CDN, Content Delivery Network, by the way. Anyway, that's the rant about all the things that suck. What about the thing that was pretty cool with Apple this week? Their AI partnership? They're actually opening up. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about Apple. Like They're, they're just being such weirdos right now. They're doing such weird things. But like just like not doing a good job of stuff everything just seems everything like is mediocre. pretty pretty like i kind of like that they're doing faster iteration cycles so things actually do get better faster like i think we sort of forget that like we've forgotten how quickly things get better now in the apple right. ecosystem especially with software because like you remember through at least the clamshell like aqua uh, ios day, days We'd like wait three, two years for like a major Apple software announcement, and like yeah, it took forever. It would just be thing after thing after thing, and it'd be like these amazing big five hours of announcing. We've got this new thing called Spotlight, yeah. and you can oh just tap tap Command Spacebar, and you can search anywhere on your Mac, and it's instant. Look how fast that is! Look how fast that is! Look how oh fast that God. is! Look how okay, uh, look at me! Look at your phone! Look at look at me again! Look, look at, at your phone. the phone! Look at the phone! Yeah. So, and but that was like <laughs> you were like, wow, they have Spotlight. Now it's like, eh, the OS. I think Peter Thiel kind of said that a little bit. He was like, eh, yeah. phones are sort of like at their... Anyway, we have so tell, me about, tell me about... Okay, hold on. I have they're... one more thing to say on that before I forget it, and then we'll talk oh, about right. AI. Peak so, phone. 
Well, we talked. You mentioned this update, and uh, this week Apple released a beta of the new iOS, and it's super. It's super low key, except they add one total big change that they changed their file system for the first time in thirty years. Oh yeah, that's cool. And it's insane. It's so AFS. fast. It's mega fast. I installed it on my phone. I have the iPhone seven, and it's faster. It's clearly faster. And what they've done is underneath the iPhone uses a certain type of chip called NAND memory, which is like the fastest storage. And they've so they've rewritten the the storage platform for that. And holy shit, it's fast. Holy shit. <laughs> it should be out in like a month. But I think it might mean that older phones get faster. So that's pretty cool. APFS. They do cool is stuff. It, is it ZFS? It is under the hood. It's a custom version of ZFS. ZFS is, I'm not surprised. ZFS is dope. Well, because Apple, about Apple them had, bits, yo. yeah, for a long time, Apple used this file system called HFS Plus, which is very old and very custom, and they haven't fixed anything in it in years. So, pro tip though, back up, back up, back up, back up. Anytime, like when you guys, when everyone starts changing over to this thing, do a backup before you do it because changing your really file major. system is not a little thing to do it's like straight up they, they must like store it somewhere format the disk put it back on or some create a partition yeah. i bet it's a long process too. it's it's it was impressively smooth i have to say but it, i think it's really really cool like i i'm showing my nerdiness but the fact that they've totally subbed out a file system and just a point release is insane it's super cool anyway apple for a long time so this is relating to the ai thing now AI, they had trouble hiring AI researchers and retaining them because they couldn't share their work and they couldn't talk about their work and they couldn't even participate in the community because that's how Apple is and they're super secretive and annoying like that. And now they're letting them do it. They finally, it's like a, it's like a joint group. I think that they've joined. I don't actually know a lot about the organization, but they've actually allowed to talk about their work and that they're allowed to share some of it now. And that's pretty good news given how bad Siri is. <laughs> so oh it's uh, are they joining partnership on ai yeah they're joining google amazon and a few others in a research group basically where they'll share the ideas and what they're working on and all that kind of thing pretty cool and they're allowed to publish their work finally in papers and all that kind of thing that's good i wonder how well they need it to be able to retain the talent they're not going to get the phds that they need to make tools like siri better if they can't talk about their work, <laughs> even after it's done. Are any of those other, are any of those people, I was just looking up who's involved with um, OpenAI. So this, it does seem like the um, partnership on AI is a much more, um, partnership on artificial intelligence to benefit people in society. And it's a much more um, structured consortium right, right. than open ai so i don't know what that really means but and it's amazon facebook google microsoft ibm and now apple so that's cool yeah uh, i think it's good news and it ties into everything we've been saying about apple is not good at ai so <laughs> is 3d tv dead oh my god it's so dead <laughs> i don't Why know so? if it was ever alive <laughs> i don't think it ever lived <laughs> but what they were pushing it so hard for so many years like at one point I don't think it was even possible to get a TV without 3D in it. I bought one last year and then we just bought one for the office and you couldn't buy a TV without 3D. It was super random. And who watches 3D movies at home? It feels so dorky. I tried them once and I <laughs> threw them away. Okay, I'm really going to I'm going to really quickly tell you a really weird story. So sometimes Yeah, it is. Sometimes um I get asked to do like diligent stuff and or just right. yeah like diligence type stuff so it was the most random thing ever um a random uh like uh receptionist at a company i worked with emailed me out of the blue from the past and said i have this i know this dude and he's like he's like friends with my dad or something and he like what? owns 80% of like the cement trucks that pour cement in New York or something like that. So like, <laughs> okay. he's like a big, big industry, uh, uh, built world, um, property developer type person. And he also makes, uh, angel investments on the side and he's made this angel investment in this company. Um, and he's put like $5 million into it, but 
he has some questions. Would you want to talk to him? And I'm just like, of course, my curiosity is intently piqued when like I hear about a uh, cement, an old 65 year old cement, you know, poor guy <laughs> from New York investing in tech companies. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I go to this like really old school, like 34 towering office building in financial district with like the big marble, like walkways and stuff and the huge, like coppery brass elevators and <laughs> come up to the floor and it's this massive floor of cubicles. Most of the lights are off and there's like five desks with lights on all the cubicles are empty it's clear that no one's worked in this like floor for like you know however long and uh, oh like this uh, kind of like typical like um new york jersey kind of like old lady receptionist ladies like how can i help you i'm here i'm here to see uh you know mr blah 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 senior um and she's like okay so i got like taken back to this huge glass office in this in this massive floor that's completely empty and this guy has this huge office in the back i can tell he's just like he's like super old he's just like living in the days of like you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago when he built this business and it was like really bustling and stuff, but obviously it's just amassed all this wealth anyway. So I go in, I sit down, he's like this old guy. He's like super bizarre. Um, and like very eccentric, but I like got on quite well with him. And he's like, yeah, so I've invested, I put $5 million into, a um, company that makes oh, no. apps for 3d TVs no. in, uh, you crate. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, it's really good. You can like buy things through it in 3d. You can like, and I'm oh, like, no. okay. And he's like, let me show you. So he like takes me into this conference room and he like has this big LG TV. He doesn't know how to use it. It was, and, th- and I didn't want to be condescending and show him how to use it. So I let him <laughs> oh, put no. around with it for like half an hour, like got into some BIOS mode. He finally calls the CTO. Who's actually just like the photocopy repair guy. He finally like <laughs> turns it on. And this thing is like, awful it's like a microsoft paint created environment of like it's just like and you and like the 3d glasses barely worked give me a headache all these things he's like so anyway i I think that you know i'm gonna put another three million dollars into this thing you know we've run out of money but i think you know 3d tv is here to stay and uh you know i I, you know i really want to do you know keep reinvesting in this company i Mm -hmm. literally looked at him and i'm like (laughs) dude not only should you not invest any more money in this, you should probably figure out how to like wrap this company down or like sell it or get your money back or something. Cause there's no way that 3d TV is going to make it for like another two years. VR is going to completely destroy it or right. pivot the company into a VR company. And he looked at me, he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, okay, well, anyway, thanks for your time. Yeah, like, it was really great to meet you with the soda. It was fantastic. Um, Beautiful. See you later. So sorry, that guy. was, but no, that was, beautiful. Yeah, that's really <laughs> random. And now we know where 3d TVs have ended up. <laughs> so that poor concrete guy. Oh, uh, I should call him. Yeah, you should. And just be like, Hey, how's the 3d business? <laughs> um, snap as a chat is what about Snap as a chat is Oh, you mean Facebook as a chat is Face as a chat is I think we talk about this every week. I feel like Facebook is copying Snapchat in a different way every week. Does that feel that way to you? That was hilarious. Yeah. What did he say? What did he tweet? He took, he took like, his tweet was breaking. Facebook announces its 10 year roadmap. And then it's like a little infograph that has like the years kind of in like VR and stuff. And it's just a big X through it. It just has copy Snapchat written on top for all the years. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. I saw somebody else shared um, Facebook, congratulations on hiring your new uh, chief product officer, Evan Spiegel. (laughs) So for context. Facebook just started rolling out in Ireland a Instagram Stories clone in its in main where? app. In its main app in Facebook. No. Yes. Did you say in Ireland? And oh, in Ireland, yes. Okay, they you always say, use obscure countries to do this. <laughs> can you say the name of the country one more time? Ireland. You say it funny. Well, how do you say it? Just Ireland. It sounds the same. What do I say? Ireland. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So anyway, they they put Instagram stories in the main Facebook app. You know, I talked a few episodes about ago about what I think they're doing. Do you remember that? Uh, No. No. I think Facebook is going to sync all these stories up. Now the Facebook main app has an exact clone of Instagram stories and they're not connected yet. Imagine when it rolls out to everybody, you add to your Facebook story and it's in Instagram. 
and then it's in messenger and in all of those places you can see people's stories that is cool and that's exactly what snapchat can't do if it's separate stories on all of their like that sounds terrible <laughs> it should be one story right why would you put why would you fragment it three different ways then where do i do it do i add it in messenger do i add it in facebook i'm gonna literally mark zuckerberg i'm gonna literally come to your compound and like compound fly attach myself to a drone and fly myself into your backyard barbecue one day and slap you with a trout if you dare 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 take instagram out of being a standalone app oh god they will they'll try no you know what facebook's next step here is though right i i will execute that okay i hope so you know what the next move in this war is though right don't say it. it's so predictable don't say it. it's not instagram it's not instagram don't worry they're gonna make facebook tickles insta tickles spectacles but for facebook They're going to copy it. I guarantee it. I guarantee they'll release some glasses soon. It's going to happen, man. They want to kill Snapchat. Facebook spectacles are great. What? You told me you hate them. Do you like them now? No, I don't. But I just think that they're great generally. Like I just Oh, it's a cool concept. Was, okay. Here's the thing. I I I hated wearing them and like I said when I first reviewed them, like it was annoying cuz I was wearing them in the house and like whatever. And I actually haven't worn them since and that's partially annoying because I wear glasses and I'm very right, blind. Right. So without them my glasses it just anything is annoying. Um <laughs> but I was watching the stories the other day that I had made with it on the thing and the circular like augment move thing is actually really cool. Oh yeah, watching them is awesome. That's why I love them so much. So anyway, I think Facebook's going to copy them. But the crazy thing about this whole thing is Snapchat's about to IPO for that crazy amount of money that we talked about last week. And Facebook already has the same amount of daily active users on its Instagram stories product alone. I wonder if Evan Spiegel is crapping himself or if he's still feeling confident or not. Do you think he's got enough roadmap? I think they're going to become a film studio and like, that's what I think. I think they're the new TV. How do they stop facebook pooping on that though by by like buying buying like netflix or like buying a studio or like oh my god imagine if they bought netflix holy shit i don't think they have the money for that but well they might after <laughs> the ipl see netflix that's true i have Do you think no netflix idea would netflix sell to snapchat i think netflix is in this for the long game they don't give a damn i think so too market cap is 50 is 60 billion Who, who's Netflix. 60 billion? Hmm. Snapchat could get that. But then they'd have nothing left. And if you invested in in, um, Netflix on November, uh, December 2nd, 2011, you're like such a G. Everybody is. Netflix was $9.48 on December 2nd, 2011. Today, Netflix is $139. Mm-hmm. That's some serious cash. I have some small Netflix shares, but I only bought them recently. <laughs> I think... Idiot. Uh, and also the net, the uh, the, uh, the Yahoo um, Verizon thing is definitely going to happen. You think so? Yeah, I think they announced it's definitely going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, I saw they're making uh, Yahoo Baba or something, some like random thing. Oh, I think we talked about that one week. Okay. Anyway. Oh, what's up with your thermostat? Oh my God, John. I'm so tired of being baked alive by my smart thermostat. What do you have? <laughs> I have a, a thermostat called a Tardo, which is... Well, often, okay. It sounds so stupid. That... <laughs> it's often hailed as the European nest, but it's more like... It's like if the nest was a Porsche and you compared it with like a 1994 Toyota Corolla... And you said, yeah, it's the European, it's the European Porsche. Like, I don't know, whatever. But, oh my God. Like right now I'm sitting here in my house and I'm thinking, this is the opposite of what I just said before, but I'm thinking, man, it's really cold. So I had just opened the the app and wanted to change the temperature. And it just says, no remote access, cannot control thermostat. <laughs> I'm on the internet right now in my house and I can't change the temperature. It's insane. But anyway, every day for the last like week, at least I've been waking up to 24 degree, 25 degree heat. I don't know. What is that in Fahrenheit? You're, you're my, 
converter. Canadian. Ah, oh, shit. But you're in America. You should know by now. 25 degrees C to F. Ask Siri. It'll probably try and convert currency for you. 25, yeah. 77 Fahrenheit. Okay. So pretty warm inside your house. And that happens every damn day. And I'm, I'm, I'm done. I bought a nest today. Why? I'm, wait, I'm waiting for it. What? Why, is Why it does it do it? that? It seems to... It's two things. So it doesn't seem to have upper limits, right? So this happens with a lot of Internet of Things devices is like they don't think about the fact that like, okay, so what happens if the thermostat is reading 25 degrees and the heating is still going? Like you should just cut it off. Like there should be a limit that you set that it just cuts it off. And also it doesn't, you know, like if you're making a thermostat and you have radiators in your house, like in Europe, the thermostat should know how long it takes to warm your house and stop before it reaches that temperature. But this thing just keeps going until it reaches the temperature, then cuts it off. And then it just like way over, like way overshoots it because it has no idea what the fuck it has to do to warm your house. Whereas the nest learns that over time and then it guesses how long it's going to take and rah, 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 rah. It's a whole thing. Smart thermostats. Don't fuck around. <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> yeah. So buy a nest. That's what I did. I'll, I'll report back next week if it's any good. All right. But uh, I'm not happy with it. It sucks, like, being in your house and wanting to get warm or whatever or cold, and you can't, you know? Those old ones, also terrible because you have to, like, program them and they heat your house when you're not home and all that kind of thing. But, damn, if you cheap out, it's not worth it. Guess what? What? The doomsday clock ticked. To what? I did not see uh, this. Do you know about the doomsday clock? And well, explain it in case anybody doesn't. I know, but uh, okay. Since 1953, uh, oh, actually, even before that, I think I actually don't know who created the Doomsday Clock. But basically, the Doomsday Clock is a created by a group of scientists. I think called the Doomsday Clock Federation or something. Oh my um, god! And it's like a bulletin, and they're real. Like uh, the chair of it is the. Uh, uh, professor of theor- theoretical physics uh, at uh, Lawrence Cross. So, uh, and like very renowned scientists are part of this thing. So, when it gets to midnight, that means that the Earth is facing imminent um, disaster, effectively, that we are something bad is going to happen. Um, and the closest that it has been to midnight um, was 19. 19- uh, 53 when the united states and the soviet union conducted competing tests of the hydrogen bomb so wow the doomsday clock has been set to its hand today two and a half minutes before the final hour oh my god so it's closer than it was back then yeah it's the closest that it's been since then what's the reasoning well i Uh, I assume i know but I'm curious. She said that we're concerned about rhetoric and the lack of respect for expertise. From Trump. Rather than create panic, we hope that this drives action. Wow. I don't That's think intense. so. This says that there's an increasing threat of nuclear war and climate change is something that is uh, not being taken seriously enough and that um, the world probably can't afford a nuclear arms race. Like, we can't really do that, so... Well, that's true. And Trump has said publicly, repeatedly, that like a whole bunch of stuff about nukes, like they're just toys. Oh, um. I love the future. Shh. Don't be. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Okay. Are we done? Well, I was going to say one more thing. Uh oh. <laughs> well, no, just one more uh, topic. Do you know that, um, what's it called? The mobile phone startup called Show Me? It looks show like me. kind of oh, Show Me. It's like spelled. X- a... Yeah, it looks like Xiaomi. Yeah. Yeah. So they have this front man. His name's Hugo Barrow. You've probably seen his face. He's basically their only person they put on stage. He left this week. And the reason I wanted to bring it up that it's big is the company he decided to join is Facebook. And he was he's the guy who bought Show Me from being a very small Chinese startup that hoped to make good phones and they do make good phones, by the way, I wish they sold them everywhere else, to being a globally known brand. Like, they are one of the few companies to take on Apple in China, and they're winning. It's pretty intense. Anyway, he joined Facebook as the head of Oculus, and I think it's 
kind of showing how serious they are about this whole thing now. They're actually paying attention that they have to sell this thing right. Facebook's betting the house that their next platform is VR. Mm-hmm. And I think they need it, right? Because they'll probably lose against Snapchat. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Yeah, you just messaged me on Slack. <laughs> I don't I don't have any good comments. No, uh also your well your phone dropped out for a second. Oh. That's why. But I, I don't uh So I don't have any good thoughts on that. You you're basically betting on uh HoloLens, right? So Oh, I straight up think that I don't think I also wonder if it's going to be any of those any anything that we think it's going to be like well, Magic Leap sucks. So <laughs> but it could yeah, be anything else, Magic right? Leap, but something else i do i do think i do think augmented reality is like definitely the the most interesting place in in virtualizing reality like definitely definitely ar and mixed reality is super super cool and that's what i'm the most excited about well one of my goals this year is to build something in vr or ar so i'll report back i'm not going to build jarvis like facebook's facebook zuck (laughs) that's what i was gonna say i'm not gonna build jarvis but i am going to make a shitty vr game cool someone asked in the um about what we thought about net neutrality well it's it's dead now (laughs) hard question to answer (laughs) trump does not like net neutrality Uh, well in principle i don't like net neutrality either Really? Why? What you think people should be able oh, to buy priority? In net, in principle, I agree with net neutrality. Oh, okay. In, <laughs> I was gonna, pra- that was going to yeah. escalate quickly, John. In, but in practice, and also in theory, I do think that there are net, not neutral uh, instances in which I personally, as a consumer, would like to. Uh, able to benefit it's very good yeah like i like i like the idea of like you know cnn being on my phone and me not and it being something with at&t and me not having to pay for it on my data plan and stuff and just like like in europe right now quality and work unlimited spotify yeah so i think stuff like that i i think you could open up to some interesting uh competitive advantages well, in the, environments the, if you did but that but the problem with that is if you're spotify you can negotiate that but if you're i don't know title you can't so then spotify wins by default because they're zero rated on everything but if i yeah. want to stream with title i have to use my data plan for sure that's why it sucks it's great in a utopia where competition doesn't matter but it sucks when you're a startup playing in that world that's why net, net, i really i get I'm really on the fence about it because I personally love that I get free Spotify streaming on my plan. On the other side of that, I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> so why do you get that? I don't know. It's some offer that they launched, but it doesn't matter anymore because we just got unlimited data plans in, in the Netherlands. So yeah, <laughs> they launched it and then they realized that they'd rather just zero rate everything. So they killed data limits for 30 euros a month yeah so i don't know i feel like in some instances it's interesting in that there could be some cool combinations of like device and network and software that we basically can't do as a result of it maybe but i guess as a whole it's pretty damaging uh all around I think the biggest example of this was that whole famous thing that happened with Comcast and Netflix that they basically wanted and they were actively Netflix had to pay money to Comcast to be treated the same as YouTube because, you know, ISPs are generally upset that most of their traffic, 60, 70 percent now is Netflix. If you look at those traffic diagrams of the US and and the makeup of what Netflix is and what time that their data surges, it's all Netflix. Oh, yeah. We used to we used to get charged for not being Netflix at DL right. because yeah. every time 
Because they had to prioritize Netflix. Every time Netflix would... Well, and also they would just create so much congestion on the pipes that everything would slow down. And then... Exactly. Right, well, either I need to like switch or like, yeah, it's just terrible. But that the solution really to that... Anymore, though. But the solution to that isn't the fact that... You know, it's not... It's not that they need to make them pay each other and pair with them. Like the, we won't even get into the world of pairing because I'm sure you have a lot to talk about on that one. But the fact that it's not actually the issue at hand, it's that the ISPs are doing a shit job of traffic management and they should be building bigger pipes, but they don't want to. So they're just trying to make people pay for accessing their pipes. It's just insane. That's all I have to say on that topic. But I think we covered it pretty well. <laughs> I feel like we had a really down episode this episode. Technology mm. is exciting and fun, but not this month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sometimes they are down. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's true. So, if you're listening to this and you like it, please review this. We love it if you do. You just go on iTunes, click, write a review. You can just say, I love this, and put it hard, and that's it. And it's perfect. So please take the time. It really affects people listening to us and getting the word out there if you have any other thoughts or feedback or just want to talk to us you can email us hi at chargepodcast.com john and i reply to every single email both of us so we'd love to talk and sometimes they're really in depth disturbingly in depth so (laughs) please do email us it's really cool i think that's pretty much it for this week if you have any questions Mm -hmm. also write them in because we talk about them on the podcast so we love to do that otherwise we'll see you next week i'm gonna end on a high note okay Two infants treated with universal immune cells have had their cancer vanish. In a medical first, the children were treated with genetically engineered T-cells from another person, and they killed the cancer. I love 2017. Wow, that's amazing. Sweet. Good end note. All right, John. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next week. Bye.